Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You are divine. Hello there, my beautiful pumpkin, and welcome back to Divine Authenticity. Oh, it was a beautiful cold day. It was a beautiful Pacific Northwest day. I swear to you, I need merch. I don't know why I haven't designed this. Like, I know how to draw a little bit. I could design this. If I ever make it, um, I, you'll, you will literally be the first people to know. <laughs> it's a beautiful Pacific Northwest day. Um, I swear to you, when you move to the Pacific Northwest, it really does become your personality. Like, not only is my office all done in, like, trees with the dark green. You've seen it if you've watched any of my video podcasts, which this episode does not have a video correspondence and the next few episodes I don't believe will um, just because I'm really trying to work on getting ahead which I'll talk to you about that in a future episode when I talk to you about cycle syncing but um, there's going to be like the next few episodes won't have a video counterpart uh, but <laughs> I wanted to like basically talk to you today about something that I think is really, really important. And I know, like myself, many of you out there struggle with this. And it's something that I have deeply struggled with. It's something that I've had to really work hard to undo within myself. And I actually feel like this episode, if you let it, it's going to be like a cute little short, sweet to the point episode. But I feel like if you actually heed the different things that I'm going to tell you about, it, this episode is one of those ones that I feel like could be life transformational. So just stick with me a moment. And maybe this is something you don't even struggle with, but you know someone that does. So the the main point that I want to get to in this episode, we're just going right in today, friends, is... I want to tell you about how you can actually start practicing self-care when you feel guilty about it. Because let's be honest, let's, let's be honest for a moment. We live in a capitalist hellscape. Like, especially if you live in America, we live in a capitalist hellscape. We are all taught and conditioned that if we're not working or producing or monetizing every little aspect of our life, that we're not worth anything and we're doing something wrong. Or it's like every single time you try to get ahead in life with anything, there's a whole slew of people that tell you why it's bad. Like, for example... Um, let's say you work a nine to five, but you really want to be a creative entrepreneur and you're constantly met with backlash, even from your own family, where they tell you that that's ridiculous. Life just is the way that it is. And you're meant to sell your soul for a nine to five every day. And that's not to say that if you work a nine to five and you're really happy with that, I'm not trying to tell you that you're doing a bad thing or that the way that you live is wrong. I think if that genuinely fulfills you, then you're in the right place for you. But I do see, especially as we have had this uprising of um, 
to me, it's like a modern day labor strike where, you know, we had like the, the great, I don't even know what it was called. I'm not a history major, but basically we're like factor worker workers back in like whatever day they changed the work day to a nine to five because factory workers were working like 16 plus hour days and it was madness. People were literally out there dying from overworking. And I feel like now we're all realizing that we've bought into this idea that to function as a society, we all have to work eight hours days, five days a week, and we have to work to um, basically work so that we can have the weekend. And again, if this is you and you're super happy and content with your position and you love your life, this is not me coming here to shit on you. Like, I think there are people that genuinely thrive in this. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. And you should keep that. But if I'm describing you when I say you really want to be a creative entrepreneur, you're somebody that has a lot of creativity, you constantly feel like you're getting crushed under the wheel. And anytime you even try to do something kind for yourself, you feel guilty for taking that time, like you should be working on your side hustle, you should be hyper productive. And I just want to give you basically a little bit of Number one, hope that you are not unhealable. That's the number one thing I always want to tell anybody, no matter what we're talking about on the podcast, is that you are not unhealable. Anything that you struggle with in this life, you don't have to carry that for the rest of your life. And though it might take some effort on your part, it might take getting more tools in your toolbox, like I always say, there are things that can be done. And you you are not this like, so traumatized individual or so quote unquote, unhealed individual, which like, what does that even mean? That you can't find peace for yourself. And this is kind of my pathway to finding that peace. This is how you show up and start doing that work in a gentle way. And I actually have three different points that I want to share with you on how to do this. So like I said, this is really about how to practice self-care when you feel guilty about it. And your girl struggles with this herself. I have struggled with this to this day. Sometimes I still have to really talk myself down off the ledge when I'm behind on private readings, when I feel like my videos aren't going out consistently, when I feel like my viewership is down or, you know, I'm dealing with these things even as a creative entrepreneur in the sense that many people look at me and think that I've made it. You know, I'm living like the dream. I get to make my own schedule. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying trying to say that I am not in a very privileged position. Never, like never am I going to tell you that I am not living in a privileged position where I do get to have more control of my day, my hours. This is not me trying to like, have a pity party. But I feel like the thing that I don't talk about a lot is when you work creatively for a living, it is hard. Like, and I'm not trying to have like a Michaela moment right now. There was some girl on TikTok that just got like roasted for basically making comments about like, you try being an influencer, la da da da. And uh, granted, the way that it was put out there was really aggressive. And it was an older video of hers. But um, it, it is hard. It is hard to be somebody where your creative well is expected in today's world because of capitalism. It's expected to always be producing and that will drain a creative person's passion right out of their soul 
when you feel like you always have to be on, if you fear that you're going to become irrelevant, if you take a break, like that is real. And especially when your financial well-being or like you getting to keep a roof over your head and health insurance all comes down to you creating, it can be a lot of pressure and self-care can feel like something you're also not allowed to do. So what I'm saying is no matter where you are on the spectrum of work, everybody is dealing with this. Whether you are somebody that is an entrepreneur, you already feel bad for taking a break. You already feel bad for starting a hobby when you feel like you should monetize it, especially if you're a millennial. I feel like millennials, we are in like a special brand of hell where we all think that when we are good at something, we have to monetize it because our parents, I swear to you, our parents all taught us this, that if you're good at a skill, you should be monetizing it. And very few things are kept sacred for ourselves. So anyways, all of that aside, this is the way that I have been working with myself, that I have seen real tangible results. And I feel like if you implement these things, even if you do it real slow, it's, it will help you, you will notice a year from now that you are feeling better, you're feeling different, and you're making more time for yourself. And the only thing that I will say before I get into these is, you do have to commit. Like, it doesn't mean that it has to be an everyday occurrence, but you do have to put in the work in order to get the result out. And that's the same with anything in life. You don't get to graduate with a master's degree without going to school, right? You have to put in the work. So that's like the first thing is you have to be ready to put in a little bit of work for yourself. But the first thing I want to say is start slow and small. And I think like the best way I can talk about starting slow and small with taking time to do something that feels luxurious for yourself or that is in the realm of self-care. I feel like one of the best ways this was laid out for me was in It Gets Better, which is Lindsay Adkins's Lindsay Adkinson's podcast. Um, it's a great podcast. She is a phenomenal creator, somebody I have followed for years and years and years, and I've loved every step of witnessing her journey. And like, I feel like she and I, though, we are not the same person. Um, we definitely have had very different career paths. I find that um, similarly, we kind of started out with not like start like we still had to make that for ourselves, like make the path of having like a little bit of internet fame, so to speak, um, making our way in the internet world, where I started in gaming, she started on YouTube with videos, um, both on YouTube, but both of us actually like found different ways of doing things. Now, even though I still do a lot of YouTube, I do have my Patreon, my podcast, you know, there are other avenues now that I also have and I don't do gaming anymore. But similarly, so like the old videos that uh, Lindsay was making, she's kind of trans transferred into I want to say almost more like self-development content and it's beautiful. I love the work that she does and I don't think she listens to my podcast, but shout out to Lindsay Atkinson. If you do, uh, you're a queen, love your work. Um, but she mentioned something in one of her podcast episodes that just really changed my perspective on actually like getting better and putting myself out there to create more self-care for myself. So she talks about this from like the lens of 
almost like having anxiety about, you know, riding the subway. She lives in New York, riding the subway, you know, she would spend all this money, like taking an Uber everywhere because she was scared of the subway. And rightfully so, man, I couldn't even imagine like cities are already terrifying to me. That's just not a lifestyle I would want to have. But more power to her. I think her life, honestly, like, awesome. I love that she has been able to manifest that lifestyle for herself, because it's something that she desired. But um, city life just definitely not for me. I don't know that I would be able to function in a city. But um, with, with this like, subway fear, she just had to start doing it. She had to just start even when she was afraid, putting herself on the subway and start learning the system. And I feel like this is something that when it comes to feeling guilty about self care, like basically she did this until she got confident in like she can take the subway anywhere now and she's not scared. And I feel like this is the same with self care. When you feel guilty, you have to show up even when you feel guilty. And this is going to be the hardest thing of all three of the things. This is going to be the hardest thing is doing it even when it feels guilty. Even when you feel like you should be spending that quality time with your child, even though um, I almost guarantee you, if you're somebody that's concerned about quality time with your child, you're probably already a superstar parent because there are so many parents out there that don't think that way. So you're already a superstar parent if you're self-care time, you are already thinking about how you should be spending more time with family, um, which nothing wrong with that, but you can't show up for your child or children if you are not showing up for yourself first. I always say, even though I'm not a parent and I don't think in this lifetime that that is going to be for me, um, I always say just as somebody that is like the youngest child of seven children that grew up in a very traumatizing household where both of my parents did not have time for two children, let alone seven. Um, I always say that your children don't need you to save them. They need you. They need to witness you save yourself because they learn everything from you. So if they see you prioritizing yourself and your self care, that is going to be such a huge, valuable lesson for them. So if you feel guilty when it comes to like mom or dad guilt, that's going to be like the number one is remind yourself that you are leading by example. And that is like the beautiful gift that you're giving your child. Now, if you're not a parent, and you just feel guilty, because you feel like, again, you should be monetizing everything you do, or you need to be being productive. Or, you know, that hour that you could spend in the bath, you could be going to like school to further yourself, etc. Don't get me wrong, you could do that every other day of the week, but you need to be taking at least one day out of the week, I would say minimum, it'd be better if it was every day, but one day out of the week minimum to taking that bath, doing something nice for yourself, and show up even when it feels bad. That's like, you're not going to get good at it until you show up when it feels bad. And it's almost like this episode to me is like for the perfectionists, those of us that feel like we have to be extremely good at something or everything has to feel good before we're able to do it consistently, show up even when it feels bad. And that is how you will get better at doing the thing and starting slow with yourself, you know, doing that, maybe it's 20 minutes a week that you want to start with instead of an hour, and then you build up to an hour, maybe then it becomes two hours, right? And that kind of leads me into my next point, which is check in with yourself and ask 
what would make you feel safe? Take any action that comes up. This practice does get easier with time. So kind of on a similar thread, if maybe you don't know what self-care actually looks like, maybe to you, it's like, you know, I don't have money to go get a manicure or a massage. So whoop, guess I can't do self-care. It's Self-care isn't actually about money or glamorizing it. It's not about the face masks. It's not about the eating Cheetos in bed. It's not about buying the new video game. Self-care is literally for you to get you into the most safe and like peaceful, calm state. That is my idea of self-care anyways, is to, to feel regulated and safe in my body and be able to spend time by myself in that state, which many of us do not feel like we, we have the capacity to do because we are so used to having to micromanage everybody else's feelings around us because we've been taught by narcissists or whoever. But the, the thing is, that's all. That's it. That's all you have to do is let's say you have an hour in your calendar one day that you have set aside. And that's going to be kind of part of part our third point, our third and final point. So I don't want to go too far into that yet. But let's say you have like an hour coming up in your schedule for this self care, you have nothing planned, you have no money, you don't know what you're going to do. Ask yourself, what would make me feel safe? What would make me feel safe right now? And maybe that self-care includes another person this time. Maybe having a conversation with a friend is what you want your self-care to be. If you're able to do that without like trying to, you know, hold all of their feelings and not deal with your own. Um, maybe it's going to be hugging yourself. Maybe it's going to be a 30 minute meditation followed by some journal prompts. Maybe uh, feeling safe to you looks like putting a weighted blanket around you or going barefoot in the park, or, you know, it doesn't have to be this, like, I'm going to take myself out for dinner and make myself practice feeling safe out in the world. Like, it doesn't have to be that. Um, it can be something that's completely free. But the point that I'm trying to make here is safety should be your number one goal, especially if you're somebody that feels almost like guilty and anxious. Safety should be your number one goal. And I always talk to y'all about the comfort zone, right? Where we don't grow inside of our comfort zone, but we also don't grow um, when we are in our, basically like our danger zone. There, There is the comfort zone, then there is our safe but uncomfortable zone, and then there's the danger zone. And you do not want to be like Kelly Loggins or Kenny Loggins, whatever his name is, and you know, go right into the dangers, the danger zone. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I just made a, a Kenny Loggins slash, uh, Archer reference right there, but you do not want to go into the danger zone because you don't grow when you feel like you are so dysregulated in your body that you can't even like be present for what you're doing. So this is why I'm giving you these steps the way that I am is like that number one is you got to start small enough that you're not overwhelming yourself. And then the number two is create the safety first. What would feel safe? Does it feel safe to spend 10 minutes meditating as your self care? And if it doesn't, can you start with two? Can you start with three minutes? Can you, you know, you have to do something that might feel a little uncomfortable, but you don't want to flood your system with feelings of uncomfortability so much so that you can't even be present in your body to enjoy the experience. So um, that would be like my biggest question to you is what would make me feel safe? 
And the last thing I want to talk about, this one's a little bit bigger, like once you get kind of step number one and two down, this one I feel like has been the biggest game changer for me. Now, y'all know that I moved to the Pacific Northwest because we can't stop talking about it. You know that I moved to the Pacific Northwest in October of 2021. It is now October of 2022. I've lived here a full year. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm still afraid to go out of my house by myself. And it's it gets easier every time that I do it. So I make myself do it. But I don't think we talk about this enough. Like some people see a new town and that sounds exciting to them. They want to like take the car out, go out and around. But I think when you're somebody that has dealt with a traumatizing event within the last two years, um, anxiety really... It kills your life slowly, like not you as a person, but it just you start to take components out of your life like, oh, it doesn't feel safe to leave my house. So you start to take that out of the equation. Oh, it doesn't feel safe to talk on the phone. So you start to isolate and take that out of the equation or it doesn't feel safe to um, it could be anything. It could be literally walking out the front door. So you stop doing that. And slowly your life just gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And in order to get it back, that was kind of my point with like the comfort zone thing. You don't start incorporating all the things that you stopped doing all at once, because that's going to flood your system, you're not going to be able to actually care for yourself appropriately. And you're not going to make any progress. This is why I, I've been telling y'all recently, the all or nothing mentality actually does not work. And I've been there. I have been an all or nothing girly multiple times in my life. And I think I did like a more recent podcast episode talking to you about this, that being in the all or nothing mentality does not help. Like, honestly, you set yourself up for failure when you do that to yourself. And you have to start incorporating those things slowly. So anyways, my point that I'm trying to get to here, make the point, Chloe, is... I'm speaking to you from experience that it's taken me a lot to even feel like I can go to the grocery store by myself. It's taken me a lot to feel like I can take the car out and drive around my town by myself. It's taken me a lot to relearn a new map, to relearn new roads, to learn where my favorite places are. I'm still not done. I feel like it took me almost a full year to even start to feel comfortable in my new town. And I'm just, I'm a very highly sensitive person. So I think that this is not out of the ordinary if you're highly sensitive, but it took a lot of bravery on my end to do those things. And that's why this, this third point that I'm going to make to you is not for the faint of heart. If you're somebody that you feel like right now, your life feels a lot smaller. You feel like you're incapable of helping or healing yourself. Don't go directly to this one. Do not try to be an all or nothing person. Start with the first two and work up to this. So the last thing I have, it's actually something that comes from the artist's way, which if y'all have done that program, it's amazing. It's literally a book. I think I'll link it down below for you. I've mentioned it multiple times. I think the book is like $15 and that's it. Like you don't have to buy a course or anything. It's literally just this book. And then you need like a pen and a notebook. Um, but it comes from the artist's way. And it is the idea of an artist date where everybody basically is inherently creative 
I believe this, that everybody on the face of this earth wants to create something. Even if it doesn't look the way creativity looks to you, it's different for every person. But as humans, we all have the innate desire to create. Even when it comes to my dad, who like is an entrepreneur that does like a lot of laborious work, that is his creation. My dad also loves to cook. Like I don't look at my dad as being an artist in a traditional sense. That's why I bring him up. But I've watched him cook. I watch the way he works. I watch his workflow. I've seen it my entire life. He is an artist. And it's just maybe not in the traditional way that we would describe somebody when we think of an artist. Everybody is inherently creative is my point. And you want to feed this part of yourself. It is probably one of the deepest sense of self-care that you can give to yourself. And something that this book proposes is taking yourself out on a weekly, every week, an artist date. And the only rule is that you don't take anybody else with you. And you have to leave the house for a minimum of two hours. And I would, I know some of y'all are like, oh my gosh, that sounds like hell. <laughs> I've been there. I get it. Um, especially in a new town where I don't know anybody. But when I tell you this practice has given me my life and my sense of freedom back. Every time I do it, I feel stronger and braver than when I initially leave the house and I'm scared. And I'm not doing things that are dangerous. You know, I'm not like going anywhere that's like seems sketchy or scary. I'm going to Barnes and Noble for a couple of hours. I'm going to a waterfront park for a couple of hours. It doesn't have to cost money. Like this is something you can do that's free. You don't have to like you could go to like one of the, like a free museum if you have one in your area. Um, when I went on my last artist date, I'll tell you exactly what I did. It was so fun. And it was something I was afraid to do, but I'm so happy I did it. And I can't wait to do it again. On my last artist date, I took myself out to have dinner by myself, which that seemed scary already. Um, I went and got sushi at a restaurant that's like a local favorite of mine. And I took a book with me. So like, I didn't have to make eye contact with anybody because I was reading my book and eating my sushi. And then that's what I did for the first like, 45 actually <laughs> no the first 15 minutes I got lost because I told myself I was not going to use a map because I've been living here a year and I should be able to find my favorite sushi restaurant by myself without a map and uh, she ended up having to use a map because she did get lost and I'm just not somebody total side tangent I am not somebody that I use streets when I navigate an area and I know that other people do this I am not the only one I am the kind of person that I'm like, oh, there is that red bench on this street corner. And that's how I remember where things are. Some people will remember street names. That's not me. I remember like symbols of different areas. And so navigating here is crazy because everything is surrounded by evergreen trees. So I can't be like, oh, yeah, it's by that evergreen tree when there's like a thousand of those. So navigating around here is actually kind of hard for me, but um, I'm learning. We're getting better. And when I go out by myself, I'm forced to do that. I can't just rely on my spouse to drive me. Right. So um, 
I spent the first 15 minutes getting lost. <laughs> and then I went and had dinner for about 45 minutes, got a couple of my favorite rolls. It was so nice. I didn't have to share with anybody either. I think that was the beauty is I didn't have to share that meal either. Cause usually me and my husband would go out together and no, this was just my meal by myself. I didn't have to share it. And that felt correct. Okay. Um, that felt so good and so correct. And then um, after that, there's like a park. Uh, there's lots of waterfront parks out here. Like um, whether it's like by a lake or if you want to drive out more, you can um, like I could drive all the way out to the coast if I wanted to. You know, there's water all over Washington state. And I decided to drive out to this waterfront park and I just watched the sunset and I watched people kayak and I just sat and I talked to mother nature. I had the car with me, right? My husband and I are a one car family. So I had the car with me and I turned on, um, somebody had like a sound bath that was like called sounds of the womb, which when I think about a womb, I always think about mother earth. Like we live on like the biggest womb there ever was because literally this planet just creates life, mother earth, right? So I always think that we literally live on top of a womb. So um, I was just connecting with mother nature and I'm, I don't know about y'all. I'm not religious. I don't pray to like a God in the sky. I don't pray to like the white Christian God, but I would say that I pray a lot. Like I am somebody, it took me a lot to come back to that after like having such religious trauma as well, but I pray a lot. I would say I probably pray every single day, constantly throughout my day. And it was really nice to just have like peaceful, quiet. I just stayed in my car. I didn't get out of the car. So like I didn't have to see anybody or interact with anybody or talk to anybody. But I like parked and rolled my windows down and just sat by the water and talked to the universe and was, you know, kind of bore my soul with how confused I was about some things. And it was just good. It just felt correct. And that took up the entirety of my two hours. And then I came home and... It just, it gives you this sense of like accomplishment coming home and feeling like, wow, I did that for myself. And if you're unsure, if this sounds like it would just be way too scary for you, I highly encourage that do like, even if it's just driving the car, if you drive or walk by, you know, walk on foot, if that's what you got the Chevrolet legs, as I call them, you know, just go a little bit away from home, but do it in a safe way. And maybe you start with an hour instead of two hours. Maybe you can only afford the hour right now. But I feel like it's such an empowering practice, especially if you're somebody that lives with just a lot of anxiety. I have found it to be something that really grounds me, reconnects me. It makes me believe that I am a capable human being. And I don't feel like I have to be super codependent and rely on my spouse for everything. Cause I do feel like ever since going through the thing that I went through in 2021, uh, summer 2021, which I have so many episodes where I've talked about that. So I'm not going to go back here and recover it. But after going through that really traumatizing experience, as I was saying, I feel like my life got really small. Like there were so many things that I just stopped doing for myself because I was afraid and I've had to slowly almost relearn how to be a person. And that's on a Saturn return, yo. My Saturn return still isn't over. It won't be over until March. Um, literally counting down the days. <laughs> but 
I just feel like it's given me a lot of my own independence back. And it just, again, I, I don't feel as afraid. I feel like I can rely on the universe to support me. I feel like I can rely on feeling better. I feel like I can rely on myself, which is probably the most important thing of the whole exercise. And yeah, those are the things that I feel personally have really attributed to not feeling so guilty about self-care. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect. There are days where, again, I might be behind on private readings. I'm um, maybe I'm behind on video work and I start to get to my head about that and think about like, oh no, like I need to do those things. Oh my gosh, I'm so behind. How can I possibly take time off or care for myself when I need to do all this stuff? But the thing is, if you don't take that time, you're only hurting yourself in the long run. And there's like some quote that I don't know who said it, but it's like, if you don't make time for your wellness, eventually you will have to make time for your illness. And I honestly firmly believe that. I don't say that to scare you like I think you're going to get cancer or something. But I do feel like when you don't tend to your self-care, when you don't tend to yourself and you put everybody's needs before your own and you shrink your life down, you, you'll burn out. You'll burn out. And sometimes that can come in the form of feeling really sick or feeling really passionless or feeling uninspired. And that to me is sometimes almost worse than being sick. Again, not like worse than cancer. That's not what I'm saying. But like, I would almost rather have a cold than feel uninspired as somebody that lives the life of a creative, like fully and like honors that path. So in any case, Make time for yourself, show up anyway, and I hope these tips help you. Truly, I hope that this has given you some encouragement to regain your independence and know that you are not like, you are not, you are always worth it. You are always worth it. Your well-being matters. You matter. And if nobody's told you today, I just want you to know that I'm happy that you exist and that your healing is always going to be worth it. And I love you so much, pumpkin. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. And I hope that you mark on your calendar a non-negotiable artist date with yourself. Um, you can't comment on this, unfortunately, but you can always send me like, you can tag me in your Instagram stories or um, put like a tweet out and tag me. I think I have that open. So there are definitely ways that you can show me um, if you like put it in your calendar or something, you know, let me know about it. I'd love to hear about it. Anyways, I love you so much, pumpkin. And uh, please do not forget when you stand on your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. Sorry, I just hiccuped. And if you would like to support this podcast, the two best ways you can do it. The first one is completely free. Um, please rate the podcast anywhere that you can rate it. Apple, Spotify, uh, Google, please rate the podcast. It helps my podcast get seen by more people. And that's always a good thing for the podcast to continue to run. The second thing, if you are feeling extra generous, uh, I do have my Patreon, which Patreon does get access to the video episodes. When I make them, they get them first. And uh, even if you like don't care about the Patreon content, you can join Patreon as low as $2.22 a month. And that just literally goes directly towards helping this podcast get created. So thank you so much to those of you that do that. I appreciate you. I love you. And thank you for your support because I, I really love being able to do this. I honestly feel like podcasting is my strong suit. 
like over anything that I do, even though it's not my most popular thing online. To me, my podcast is my strong suit. This is like really where I like to be. So um, in any sense, or in any case, thank you so much. I love you. And I'll talk to you again. Uh, I want to say next Tuesday, I think this is Friday's episode. So talk to you again on Tuesday. Bye.